Stay true to your voice. Sometimes authors try to jump on the popular bandwagon and they try to begin writing what's popular now. But in all honesty, what I'm selling to editors is what's the books that are going to be popular in two years. Hello, welcome to episode two of the podcast. Laura Snyder wrote a book. Uh, this podcast, we're going to talk about signing with an agent. Uh, I am your host, Chris Snyder, here with Laura Snyder. Hello. Uh, and so I'm going to talk to Laura about her experience signing with, with an agent. Uh, we've I've got an interview with her agent done already, so we'll hear a little bit from her about Laura and then at the end uh, stick around and you'll hear from Laura's agent some some advice on uh, if you are writing a book and trying to sign with an agent some things that you should be doing in order to make that happen. Um, do a couple things here before we get started. So first of all I want you know today is what what is today for us? October 8th. Is that any significance in your life? Tomorrow, which is quarters, is released. That's right. Yeah. So tomorrow's the official release date of Laura's book, which is quarters. Um, and so, you know, what does it feel like to have a book coming out tomorrow? Um, I'm kind of tired and excited and overwhelmed and excited and surreal. Kind of feels like it's happening to someone else but I'm kind of just there, you know? Well, hopefully this podcast makes it all feel real. It feels very real now. <laughs> Definitely. It's the podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start. Let's start here with a little, little uh, kind of speed round of questions here to get to know Laura better. So I came, came up with some questions here so we can get to know Laura. Um, just go through these. So who is your favorite author? Ooh, favorite author of all time. Well, okay, I'm going to do what everybody does, which is J.K. Rowling, because she's the best. So, um, and I love her books. So I'd say that. Um, although lately I've been listening and reading a lot of Lane Moriarty. I think that's how she pronounces her name. Um, she wrote Little Big Lies um, and several other books that everyone I've read have been pretty awesome, so... I'm liking her these days. Okay. But it changes. It's like music. Like sometimes I listen to alternative and sometimes I listen to classic rock. Right now I'm into like 50s, 60s, 70s classic stuff. And tomorrow probably won't be the same. All right. Uh, best book you've ever read? Ooh. Speed, speed round. Come on, speed I round. I know. I don't know. The first book that I think of is... Um, Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. I love that book. It's just fun. All right. Best movie you've seen based on a book you've read? Oh, man. I hate movies that are based off a of book. That's why I asked this question. I don't know. Like maybe any, okay. any movie you've seen based on a book that you haven't okay. made us turn off? Yeah. So, so I'll say this, that I watched the first Hunger Games movie before reading the series and I thought it was really good. And so then I watched the movie and then I was like, I've got to read these books. So I read all three books really fast. And then I watched the second movie and I turned it off. 
because it wasn't good enough. And I've never seen the third. So. All right. Favorite current pet? Oh, man. Finn, probably. Finn's a border collie. He's awesome. And everybody else hates him. He's my favorite. Well, Princess, the dog, is right here by us. So hopefully she didn't hear that. Uh, Favorite thing about being a mother, right? So you're a new mother. We have a three-month-old. So as we're podcasting, we have a dog by us, and we have a baby monitor so we can watch the baby sleep. Um, I think, I mean, lately it's his laughs. He, he just smiles and laughs all the time now, and I love it. I just want to snuggle him and kiss his cheeks. Okay, last one. Favorite month? May. May? Well, because it's my birthday, but okay. I mean, there's like lots of good months. December is wonderful because it's the whole Christmas season and you can, you know, eat lots of things with cinnamon and drink things with cinnamon and use peppermint sticks to stir things. That's fun. And October, because there's Halloween and in Iowa, it's like the only month that the weather doesn't suck. So. Except it's rained every day in October. Well, it seems like. Yeah, this year, but most years in October is awesome. Okay. All right. Let's get into the topic of of this podcast episode, which is finding an agent, which, you know, really is a big deal in the book publishing world. A lot of people don't get this far. So I tried to find a statistic online and I found one thing I could find was that 97% of people never finish their book. So Hmm. I guess you've gotten at least that far in our last episode and and now moving on to uh, signing with an agent. Um, So when did you get to the point where you thought you were ready to start looking for an agent? When did you know it was time to start looking? Well, I had the book done and I had been working with a writer's group and I don't know if I, I don't know if your book ever gets to the point where you're like, oh, this book is perfect. It's just that you set kind of a deadline for yourself that's like, well, I've got to present this to someone at this point or it's got to be ready by this point. So this is the best it's going to get. I don't have any more time. So I would say that um, I had signed up to go to a writer's conference and I was going to be pitching to agents and it was my very first time pitching to agents in person and I had my book at it was done and it was in a you know pretty good state I thought at that time and so I went and did it and so that that was so this writing conference was your first time so you didn't send out any submissions before that um I did a couple but not very many I mean I, I feel like I'm better in person I mean whenever I'm I'm talking about stuff like that I mean whenever you send like those little form letters that are like hey read my book I don't know that you can really reach agents very easily that way or at least I didn't feel like it was very personable it's just it's like a it's like a resume you send it off and somehow you hope that you look a little bit different but realistically every freaking resume looks the same so you went to a conference I did and what happened I went to the Kansas City Writers Conference And part of that was you could sign up to pitch with agents. And I chose three agents to pitch to. One of those was Stephanie Hansen, and that is who I ended up signing with. So what do you think it was that 
Stephanie saw in you? I don't know, actually. I mean, I, I can tell you what I saw in her. I mean, I, I all three of the agents asked me to send them some of the pages, um, but none of them seemed that interested except for Stephanie. I mean, she was asking me questions and had some suggestions. I mean, her first initial response to me was, well, I'm not sure. Um, we might want to gear towards middle grade, but... I mean, the script could, or it could just still be fine that way. We could just split it into two different books. And, um, you know, I thought it was good because it made me feel like she was listening to me, that she was interested and interested enough to have her own ideas of how to market this in a way to reach the right audience. Okay. Would well, you want to hear what, what she said about uh, what she saw in you? Sure. Oh my goodness. Um, Laura is an absolute sweetheart. And I just remember connecting with her right off the bat when we first met. Um, I don't know if it's um, the Topeka, Kansas. I'm in Kansas. My husband is a huge Hawkeye fan. He's an Iowa boy. Yeah. So I don't know if it was the location that helped us, but we really clicked right off the bat. So it's the Hawkeye thing. So that so I get the credit for that then, right? You're, no. not, you're not a Hawkeye fan. <laughs> I didn't say I was a Hawkeye fan. I think she just knew that I was from Iowa. Okay. And just assumed I was a Hawkeye fan. All right. Well, there's more, right? So I tell her, obviously, you don't sign someone just because they like the same sports team as you. So here's a little bit more from Stephanie. Okay. So Laura's story was something, well, it, it feels familiar and comfortable. It was something fresh and brand new, um, specifically her take on witches. And that's my, one of my biggest goals is in writing, we get to hear everybody's voice. Um, there's not the super superficial, this group is only this way, or this group is that way. It's getting to know the heart and soul of a character. And Laura does phenomenal job with all of her characters getting to know them and you feel very close to them um so the witches aren't just bad or good like real people i really enjoyed that and um the voices between the siblings was very authentic and organic and i think i take that you know given laura's background and with her siblings you could tell in those voices that they seem real so that those are two of the big things that stood out for me for Rich's quarters. Okay. So that was, I mean, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and you were still pretty new to writing then. So how does that make you feel to hear compliments like that? It's nice to hear. I, I, I think, oh, I hate compliments. No, I, I mean, it's great to hear. Okay. What, how does it make you, I mean, does it make you feel good about your writing? I mean, how do you feel? So she talked about your ability to write about characters. Is that something you feel is a strength of yours? Um, I've heard people say that. Um, I, she, actually, I've never heard her say that before, but I've had a couple people say that that's something that um, I am pretty good at doing. And, and I think I would agree with that. It's just I can come up with a character and do a few things with them pretty quickly and have them be a unique character. But where I struggle and I needed the most work was creating a full rounded story um, where everything made sense and everything had a meaning to it uh, instead of just people doing stuff. 
I mean, you you can create a, a really great character and do nothing with them and it not be a very good book. You've got to do both. So a lot of people never sign with an agent, you know, go with a self-publishing route and don't do that. What what has been the the value for you of having Stephanie on your side? Well, um, well, the main thing is that you just give them the manuscript and you sit back and, I mean, she does all the work at that point. I mean, she's the one that knows the people that need to look at it. She's the one that markets it and talks to all these uh, publishing houses and, and she has the relationships with those people to do that. But um, A, she's built relationships with all of these people and they like her they trust her they know that if she has selected a book to represent then right away that it might be something worth looking at um and then and then you know she has to argue you know she has to pitch it in a way to these these editors who have heard and are constantly being pitched at in a way to catch their attention and and make them want to request the manuscript and then read the manuscript and get back to her. And then, you know, once we got to a point where um, where someone was interested in in um, publishing the book, she was um, you know doing the negotiating at that point. Uh, I'm a lawyer. I do a lot of negotiating in the criminal and family law areas, but I don't work in publishing. So I, I you know, I, I would be liable to ruin, you know, screw something up, making demands. Um, and she knows exactly what to come in with and, you know, where to negotiate and where not to. And, and so, I mean, it's the expertise, the relationships, all of that mm, are very helpful. What about just her community of, you know, other writers that are signed with her? Has that been valuable for you yet or might be in the future? I think for sure. I mean, there's some people that are more engaged than others, but I will say that there are, you know, a number of writers that were also signed um, with Metamorphosis and or just Stephanie specifically, and they were have all been very encouraging and and it's been fun to watch their books go to publishing and watch the things that they're doing. So, I mean, I think that it is a kind of, once you sign with an agency, it's almost like you join that family. You're all kind of in, in the same boat together. What advice would you give to someone out there who is maybe just beginning this process or trying to find an agent? Um, I know, I mean, your experience went pretty, pretty quick. Um, but you know, what advice would you give someone? I would say to try to meet with the agents one-on-one like that. Um, like I did, I think I could have sent out a million query letters and probably not had anybody that interested in it. But when you speak with someone one-on-one you you have the ability to connect with them and you also have the an understanding of what that person is like because just because someone 
says they're a literary agent, it does not mean that they are a good literary agent. It doesn't mean anything, really. They don't have to be part of an organization or have any kind of uh, credentials for their position. So just because someone says they're a literary agent doesn't necessarily mean that they can do for you what a real good literary agent should and it doesn't mean that they're going to fight for your work it doesn't mean they're going to be that interested in it and I think that it's really important that you get to know your agent in a way so that you can trust them and they can trust you to do the things that you have to do on your end and and if your personalities don't click it might be really hard road moving forward because you really have to trust him a lot. When, when I signed with Stephanie, it was like I handed her my manuscript and you twiddle your thumbs for months and months until you um, get something back from them. And it's not like they're not doing anything. They're doing their job, but it takes, a long time to read through a manuscript and for them to get that to other people who have to have time to read through that manuscript and then if they maybe want to consider um, publishing it they have to present it to a group of you know other people who sometimes you know there's a board of directors or a board that has to make the decision so it's not completely in your agent's hands but you have to trust that they're doing what they're doing because you don't know that they're necessarily doing what they're saying they're doing, but you you need to have a good relationship with your agent in order for you to trust them and for them to trust you to, to do the right things. Okay, well, let's hear uh, some more from Stephanie Hansen from Metamorphosis Literary Agency about her advice to uh Two writers out there who are in the process of looking for an agent. Uh, here is some more from my interview with her. Uh, I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I'm from the Midwest. I'm in Kansas right now, and I am the owner and senior literary agent at Metamorphosis Literary Agency. What are you looking for when you sign on to become someone's agent? What kind of things are you looking for in writers? Oh, I, uh, I do enjoy finding writers that are... They're, they are self-motivated. They have a good work ethic. Laura has both of those. Um, it, some authors believe that publishers take care of everything, that agents take care of everything, that they don't have to market, that they don't have to put themselves out there. They are just, you know, writing their books in a hole somewhere, and that is what they should be doing, and everything else should be taken care of for them. And with the way the indi- industry has changed, um, the ebook generation means that shelf life is forever. So you have that much more competition. Um, with self-publishing, there there's more books on the shelves or available to readers as well at cheaper prices. So it's a very competitive industry. It always has been, but now it's 10 times more so. Um, publishers 10 years ago, like Tor was they were pumping out about 100 books a month now they're down to 10 so it's across the board just 
much more competitive and it just means that authors need to be involved even more so. And so that's one thing I look for. Then uh, their writing. Honestly, before I look at an author or their query, I, look, I open up the writing, the manuscript, the chapters that they send me, and I look at that first. Because if the writing and voice speaks to me, then that's my number one. But number two is I have to have an author willing to put in what it takes. Okay. Um, so got to the author's got to be willing to put in the work, uh, need to have good writing. Um, what other advice would you give to someone out there who's a, who's a writer and maybe has a book or is writing a book and is hoping to find an agent to represent that book? Um, different things. You can be published in literary magazines. You can have short stories published and that helps people find your voice as well. Then sometimes you, you might be found without querying, but it's also good to have in your resume um, that you have some previous publishing experience. If a literary magazine picked you up, that speaks toward your ability as an author. Um, if you have a platform, if you have Twitter fans or uh, some other social media where you have a following, that's also good to point out because it could potentially lead to book sales and publishers enjoy that too. So it makes our life as, an, as agents easier. Okay, uh, good. And then kind of flipping the script there, what kind of things should writers be looking for in, in an agent? Well, it really depends on what you're looking for as a writer. Um, I like, I think you should not be charged anything by an agent up front. That is, it's against the Association of Author Representatives, their canon of ethics. Um, some agents will try to charge fees and really we shouldn't make any money until the author makes money. Uh, so that's a red flag, something you should watch out for. But then after that, it is finding out if the agent works the way you like to work. Um, some agents probably more successful agents, and that's why they are this way. They will have the manuscript prepared, they will have the author, but they will send out to max a dozen editors, and if it doesn't go anywhere, then too bad, so sad. Um, I kind of stick it out with authors, and I like to find them success becoming traditionally published, whether it be a small press, a mid-sized press, a large house, um, whatever fits their needs and so I probably stick it out I I'm more committed no I, I don't know that's probably bad words but I feel very committed to my authors I don't feel successful until each author has found um until their book is published traditionally okay um and then so how does it usually work for writers to find you I know Laura met you at an, an event is that the the common way that it happens other than just people sending in manuscripts? Um, it, that again might depend on the event or um, the agent. Uh, the Where the event that I met Laura, I also met Anitra and Rebecca. So I met three authors through that event. So it was a very successful event. I don't always find that success everywhere. Um, and then yes, it's the slush pile, the online queries, the emailing me your work and you, but it is difficult. Um, to find agents, but so you can find agents through Writer's Digest um, or through QueryTracker.com. I'm now using Query Manager, which is kind of a sister website. Um, and so there's many ways. Uh, many agents have their submission guidelines listed on their website, and that's good to adhere to. It also lists what genres they're looking for. I don't represent nonfiction. So if you send me a query about your nonfiction book, 
you, it's a way, unfortunately it's a waste of your time because I don't represent that. So I don't, you know, none of us want authors wasting their time. So if you pay attention to what agents represent, that can help you. So now that Laura's book is, is coming out, uh, what, what is your, what is your role once an author has a book out there? I like to run a blog tour for each author. Um, I'd like to assist in any platform building for social media. Um, right now I'm running a contest with all of the metamorphosis authors and the, um, author who submits the most reviews for metamorphosis books will enter a drawing. If we have, you know, ties, then we'll enter a drawing and the winner will have their book sent to a famous actor to be read. Um, some, it depends on different reading periods, but we've sent books to Matt Damon before we have, uh, quite a few on our list to send to, um, and it just helps build uh different marketing and you know spreading the word um about a book word of mouth is huge in the publishing industry so uh once people start talking a book about a book and how much they enjoy it it kind of tends to spread like wildfire so um we like to run different events like that there might be another blog tour um our authors work pretty well together i think laura's doing something on Michelle McAvoy's um, blog. So we tend to have our authors work together too. And I like, that's what I like about traditional publishing is it's a team. Whereas when you self-publish it often, you know, everything's on your shoulders. So it can be, it's more to bite off than I would like. So um, that, that doesn't cover everything. That's just a part of it. But um, you know, if there's anything, uh, if, if a, certain part of the book isn't available and um an author is struggling to get a hold of the publisher we also intervene there and make sure that the publisher is answering author questions and that everything's taken care of okay good um all right so anything else uh really this the goal of this episode is really try to help people you know to understand laura's story and help you know others who maybe are in the same situation of trying to find an agent any anything else you didn't cover related to that you want to make sure we mention? Uh, just stay true to your voice. Sometimes authors try to jump on the popular bandwagon and they try to begin writing what's popular now. But in all honesty, what I'm selling to editors is what's the books that are going to be popular in two years. Um, so it's really a hard target to hit and things are cyclical. So if something's out of style th this year, you know, give it two years, it'll be back in style. So um, I really think it's important. I can tell when an author has written something that they enjoyed writing Laura's book, which is quarters. You can tell she enjoyed writing it. And that's why she was able to stick through multiple edits and be totally committed as an author. And so Thing that I truly, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then that might be a sign. You should be doing it because you enjoy it. Okay, so that was uh, Stephanie Hansen from Metamorphosis Literary Agency. And that concludes our episode, episode two of Laura Snyder wrote a book. So the book Witches Quarters is available now as you listen to this podcast. Uh, not quite now as we're recording it, but by the time you hear this, it should be out there uh, anywhere that you buy books online. 
you can go to laurasnyderstories.com and find out there where you can buy a copy of the book. And do we want people to buy books? Of course we do. Buy at least two or three books. If you if listen this far into the podcast, at least two or three books, I would say. Uh, next week, we will be back talking about the uh, finding a publisher and that process. So we will talk to you then.